We're joined on MO Forum by Dr. Sue Packer, who is a community paediatrician, has been working in the area of child abuse and neglect for more than 20 years. Uh, Sue has been and is about to end her term as the ACT Citizen of the Year, in the Centenary Citizen of the Year, no less. And uh, Sue is on the board of NAPCAN, which is the National Association for prevention of child abuse and neglect. The purpose of MO Forum today, as usually, is to identify those issues that really should take our attention and define policy making in the early period of the 21st century. And I, for one, believe that this issue of child abuse and neglect should be in that top priority list of areas of public policy concern and attention. So, Sue? Thank you very much Thank for you. joining us on MO Forum. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if you could just start by sharing uh, briefly your experiences over this 20 to 25 years uh, as a community paediatrician. How prevalent is child abuse and how have our attitudes towards child abuse changed, if at all? Yeah. Um, I guess like most people, when I started paediatrics, I knew virtually nothing about child abuse. It was not part of our curriculum. And at those days, which is a long, long time ago, there was very little process for dealing with it. In fact, the first children I recall seeing her abused, it was almost treated casually. Mm. Um, there was no real response. And I remember that startled me somewhat. At that stage, I thought I'd be a paediatric gastroenterologist. Right. And it really began to dawn on me that most situations for children, even if there is a health problem, how this is dealt with, how the child manages, depends on the family support. And in the worst of cases, their health problem is caused by the family actions and lack of support. And this increasingly bothered me so that, together with a lot of other experiences, particularly working in Darwin for some time and then working in Nottingham, with a very enlightened professor of paediatrics made me realise that if anything's going to be made better for children, it's not really at the end of treating serious established disease, even though this is obviously important and must continue. But we really have to look at how we as a community see and value children, what we provide to support them and their families, and where they can go to help really before they get problems. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're describing... Um, physical disease here. Mm -hmm. it, it, so you, it seems to be that you're saying that a lot of um, physical health problems can be traced back to the family environment. I think most things, like with physical health, there's, things aren't pure. Mm. Um, at the bad end of the spectrum, you have children who actually have illnesses induced by disturbed parents. Yeah through to parents where there is a physical illness, their interpretation is determined by their own experiences, both in the past and their experiences of the health profession, right through to children with increasingly behavioural disturbances with increasingly medical diagnoses, where the whole um, Parenting response, parenting understanding is a massive factor in this. Mm -hmm. um, one particular concern of mine there is that um, when we rightly have a big concern about 
diseases or problems in the autistic spectrum disorder and children with um, attention deficit problems. From my work, certainly not all, but a significant number of children with these problems, trauma is a massive problem in their lives. I didn't know that. Um, Most doctors don't even ask about trauma. Mm. Mm. A sort of example I'll give is a little boy sent along to a paediatrician for diagnosis of attention deficit disorder. Um, the doctor, the specialist, read the referring doctor's letter, and the mother said, "Is that all your letter says? Does it mention that my little boy from an overseas country actually saw his father shot and killed in front of him?" Mm. Now, why do you have attention problems and behaviour problems yeah. when you're dealing with something like that? And That's right. we still, even in the 21st century, with a much better knowledge of abuse, we still tend to not think of the impact of incidents on a child's life. And obviously this is infinitely worse if it's a chronic attitude to a child. Mm. And um, uh, so in those cases, I mean, I I hope that the standard response is not just medication. Well, the worrying thing is, I think, for some of those children it is. Mm. Um, You'll appreciate, everybody appreciates that some people take to parenting better than others and manage it better and some people are dealing with really overwhelming circumstances as well as being a parent and all of these things contribute. So the parents struggling The as parents well. can be struggling with mm. themselves, yeah. let alone with the child. But unfortunately, I think many people within the health system tend to look to the child's behaviour as the instigator and the thing that needs addressing yes. rather than saying we have a child in an environment what things in this environment are contributing mm-hmm. and what can we do about the environment. And what have you learned, Sue, over that 25-year period? How have, how have um, things changed in the area of um, diagnosing or assisting, supporting kids who have been abused? Um, has the incidence of child abuse increased or decreased? Do we really know? Um, obviously, things have changed. Obviously, there's a much greater awareness of abuse and neglect uh, I think the figures are really tricky because we don't have good figures. And even within different states and territories, there's the um, different criteria for determining something as abuse or neglect or not determining yeah. it. Um, so I think the incidence of abuse and neglect, other than I said we have over, the, <laughs> I don't know how long, way back when I started doing paediatrics in the early 70s, it wasn't... It's still not part of the general curriculum for doctors. Mm-hmm. It's just beginning to come in. Yeah. Um, yet it is so much a factor in children's lives. We still don't like to think about it. We think of abusive families being bad families. Yeah. Yeah. We don't think of abusive families being trying their hardest, inept, incompetent, bewildered, disturbed can I, families. Can I give you an example of that? Yeah. I, was, um, yeah. I was at a school... Uh, in my local electorate and the uh, teachers were saying that most of the kids Mm. in this school and I'm I'm not going to even you know stigmatize the area had been um, abused Mm. and the audience was full of adults yeah and they were getting their year seven awards and I said well where are they parents and they said there yeah so they'd come along 
yeah. proudly to yeah. see their children get yeah. their se year seven yeah. graduation yeah. certificates. In a sense, you know, I couldn't help but feel they're not bad people. Yeah. They're probably struggling yeah. people. Yeah. But the principal was saying most of these kids yeah. have been abused. And a lot of it is also attitudes. I mean, I grew up at a time when if you didn't spank your child, you were not a very caring parent. Mm, yeah. um, I was spanked. I don't think it did me any major trauma, but I think I was probably fortunate I had a mother that my father was often not there and my mother was not given to spanking and the list of spankable offences was fairly definite. Yeah. And I remember as a small child probably being fairly confident and loved that I'd work out that <clears throat> the joy of doing this forbidden thing was much far, far better than the likely punishment, so I'd go ahead and do what I intended to do. So it wasn't a great deterrent. Um, and I went on from this, when my children were small, to spank them. Mm. And then I can still remember very clearly with my eldest son when he was five, and I went to hit him and saw him preparing himself to be hit yeah. and thought, I never, ever wanted my child to look at me in this way. Yeah, yeah, and how have we yeah, got to this point? Yeah. And it is not necessary. Yeah. And it was a sort of real road to Damascus yeah, moment. Yeah. But, and the family didn't fall apart when I decided not to spank, yeah. and I still was a pretty terrible parent at times. But, but um, it's interesting talking to the kids now as young adults, and they can't even remember it. Mm, mm. So we say perhaps it's not traumatic, but perhaps it is. But... Mm. Um, well, certainly a think, belting is, you know, yes, and that, that's and different too. A furious belting is, but even with what was called routine spanking, mm. mostly, if you're honest with yourself, it's when the parent is, um, is stressed, frustrated, stressed, tired, <laughs> very much like a two-year-old themselves, yeah. and really needing I, I, a big, I strong grown-up to and come and say, okay, off to bed for you, have a little quiet yeah. time and settle down and behave yourself exactly. again. Exactly, at the risk yeah. of sounding... Um, uh, nanny, you know, yeah. from the nanny state. My experience yeah. was quite similar with yeah. our children. Yeah. Um, I used to spank them. Yeah. Uh, and they kind of understood that yeah. and transgressed yeah. and put, And then one day I thought, this is actually not working. Yeah. It, and yeah. I noticed that if I was under a bit of pressure at work or whatever, yeah. I was more yes. likely to do yes. it. And I thought, hold on, this is a terrible indulgence. Those yeah. children. Yeah. don't know yeah. when I'm more or less yeah. stressed. Yeah. So to them it would be yes. kind of weird as to why Dad yes. did a particular... So I stopped. Yes. And, and the life doesn't fall apart. We sent them, <laughs> we sent them to time out in yeah. their rooms. Yeah. They'd be pretty upset about that, but you go in after 10 minutes and they're reading a book. Yep. And they've settled down. Everyone's settled yeah. down. The other kids have yeah. settled down. Yeah. And no yeah. need for any of that. Yes. Spanking. And I think... I guess that brings me on to another concern with the whole issue of being a parent, getting help. A lot more help is available now, mm. but we are so anxious about duplication of services and all the rest of the stuff right. that it can be hard to access these services and you have to have a defined problem. Mm. You can't go... There's nothing there, or very little, not nowhere near enough, to celebrate being a parent. Yeah. Wow, you've had a new baby. Isn't this exciting? Mm. Did you know there's a child or a family centre down the corner? Yes, pop mm. in there, have a cup of toffee, case it yeah. out, see what it's like. Finding places, I mean, we know it's all the village to raise a child stuff, but the modern village is not a defined village. Yeah, yeah. And trying to map your way through that village sure. to find things that help you is difficult. And while most of our services delivered are focused on having a problem, the people who most need help 
miss out or don't get help till the problem is really, really entrenched yeah. and yeah. very, very much harder to and build. And obvious yeah. so that it's come yeah. to the attention yeah. of someone. And uh, a lot more, I guess my message with all of it is celebrating children, mm. not as little wonderful angels, but mm. as yeah. human beings who are very much developed in relation to their experiences. And perhaps not as yeah. um, possessions of not as parents, possessions, like the pets and the people. backyard yeah, and the, yeah, yeah. you know and the holiday hut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I've got three yeah. kids. Well, yeah. yes, you do, but yeah. you don't kind of own them. No, you know? they are human beings in their own right. We are start, starting to sound very kind of um, yeah. left wing sort of thing, but I think there are some attitudes. But I think you'll find it across work. parents, right across. It's. And it's not letting kids get away with murder. No. Kids love and need limits. That's right. And they, they like look, to know the limits are still there. Sometimes. But the sort of experiment you can do, if you're walking down the street and you see a family walking by and you sort of say things like, gee, I love your lovely nighty shiny new sandals mm. to the little girl or something like that, children are so unused to being singled out and spoken yes. to. And yes. I'm not saying doing it in an unsafe way. We've got such a paranoia about mm. pedophiles and mm. pedophiles are... Probably one of the smaller problems in our, they are mm. in terms of child abuse. It's a very much smaller problem yeah. than families. But if you just start saying that, and things like, "Oh, what a fantastic looking family! You must be proud." Mm. Mm. We don't yeah. reinforce that. Yeah. We'll certainly say, "Excuse me, your child's dis destroying that display. Will you yeah, stop yeah. them?" Yeah. And I thought, "We've got a child in the restaurant. What are we going to do mm. about it?" Mm. But there's very little positive reinforcement. Yeah, and no, very little acknowledging that being a parent is tricky. Mm. It's even how you see a mum with a tantruming child, and you say, "Gee, some days are horrible, aren't they?" Yeah, it, it just helps. But going back to your point yeah. about the children themselves yeah. looking for some guidance, yeah. and I think we're agreeing it doesn't have to be physical guidance. No. But um, kids get very tired yeah. towards the end of the day, yeah. and, and when they haven't had something to yeah. eat, and they're yeah. just up to dinner time, and sometimes you can say to the kids. Um, go and read a book or, or mm. go and do this or that. And they almost thank you for saying, yeah, I was losing it there. <laughs> Dad, I was yeah. losing it. And, yeah. and they, they go, oh, yeah, okay, I've got some structure back yeah. in my day. So well, I don't think there's any harm in no. that. They actually look there's for that sort of There's none at all. And I, think, I mean, it's more acknowledging that the child is also dealing with their own feelings and emotions yeah. and tiredness. Yeah. And you as a grown-up have, over the years, learned more skills, we hope. Not yeah. all of them yeah. have. Yeah. Um, and... Certain things you learn that you can guarantee with kids playing with water and things like this can be an enormous. So if you can cope with the water on the floor, you say, can you wash up those few things yeah, over yeah. there? And the kid is doing something useful, contributing. Mm, you mm. say, gee, it's great to have your help. Yeah. And you've, a lot of it is this distraction, and it's not condoning bad behaviour, but it's being tuned in and communicating. Mm. And I think a lot of the learning about tuning in and communication, without a doubt, child abuse is a disastrous failure of communication. Yeah. A lot of it, um, and there's no doubt that step-parents are over-represented. And mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of different expectations placed on step-parents. Yeah. There are more no-go areas. There's more trying to show your partner that you're involved and interested in these children. But those oh, children yeah, yeah. can I have yeah. quite a confusing time. Mm -hmm. And certainly this group of children is overrepresented in a child abuse assessment service. Right, I understand. Um, and it's, again, I think a lot of it's needing help. A lot of it comes out of ignorance, mm. extraordinary ignorance. I mean, 
We've had babies hit for poking their tongue out. Mm. We must teach them not to be rude. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you know that little babies explore the world with their tongue. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. The, but it's Sad, partly it? also showing the parent that, see, I'm a fantastic support for you mm, in getting mm. these kids to behave and be good. The kids, yeah. um, and there's a lot of ignorance about yeah. this. And what, what's very your little help. sense as a, a member of NAPCAN and a board mm. member um, of the change in the incidence of child abuse, prevalence of child abuse, yeah. um, vis-a-vis the alternative explanation is that we now know more about it, there's more reporting, there's more yeah. information, so yeah. it, there's no reduction in prevalence, um, it's just that we have yeah. more statistics on it. Well, we certainly have more statistics. Um, I think mandatory reporting is a two-edged sword. Mm. It means particularly for people like doctors, you are forced to confront something left to yourself you probably never think about. Mm. And if, with a legal imperative, you have to do something about it. Right. But there's also this shelving or shoveling of the problem into somebody else's backyard. I've reported, they deal with it. There's not the feeling that this child is having a horrible time, this family is having a horrible time, I think you can work quite well by saying, look, with what's happened, I have no alternative if I have to report. Mm. But what can I do to help? And we don't add the, can yeah. I help in any yeah. way? Yeah, and, and GPs probably and feel GPs they're overwhelmed anyway. And they do. They'd be and giving flu shots and, and yeah. things like yeah. that. And, and they're possibly not the person to know, but yeah. they need to know networks. So I think all you can say is child abuse is a very significant problem, I think, We've got more bewildered parents because being a parent in the 21st century, the way of living, our priorities are changing so much that fitting children into these priorities is a different thing from our parents and Mm -hmm. our grandparents. Time poor, you know, people Extremely time poor. Um, The sort of thing I found when my children were very little, I did some work, even... My child, my baby was being looked after by loving grandparents and dad. Mm. You come back and you're not really in tune with the baby. Yeah. It takes time yeah, yeah. to re-establish the yeah. connection. I don't think we give enough thought and consideration and support to this sort of thing happening. Mm. Um, and then leaving your baby in the care of somebody who might be very caring and loving, but they're not you. Yeah. And they respond differently. So this mm. is also, some babies are more sensitive than others mm. to this. Mm. And so... I guess my hands are doing it. All of this is a two-way communication, yeah. and we often leave the child out of the communication. So as you watch your sense, Sue, is there more child abuse or more reporting of child abuse? Definitely more reporting. Mm-hmm. Definitely more awareness. But I don't think there's as much ownership as it being our collective community responsibility mm-hmm. rather than ways in child protection doing something. Yeah, right. Um, I've got a very grim New Zealand cartoon from a newspaper saying, with a, it starts off with a little drawing of a coffin. This is the child who was abused. Next drawing is, these are the parents of the child that was abused. These are the family and the friends of the child. These are the neighbours of the people the child abused. And then it's got a doctor, a policeman, and a social worker. These are the people who are blamed for the abuse. Yeah. yeah. And you really have to mm. look at the mm. world of the child mm. and... So this is really at every level, looking at supports for families as individuals and things that help but these people But who can support up. them if not? And then who is yeah. around. And most of our support comes from 
informal community networks. Yeah. And if you don't have those informal community mm, networks, you're, very you're in a yeah. very, very vulnerable position because at times you're totally overwhelmed. Well, single mothers trying yes. to cope, you know, yeah. a couple of kids by the time you're 19. And, yeah. you yeah. know, a bloke comes along, sweeps you off your feet, you think, God, yeah, yeah. he could be helpful. Yeah. And, so and he's on. the one that then lines the child up against the wall and yeah. says, Stand there for half an hour. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're grounded. And then the mum doesn't want to lose yes. her partner, and yes. so she yeah. ends up tolerating more than yes. she probably would want to yes. tolerate. Yeah. And there's no doubt the other big group, of course, that come up in every discussion: uh, alcohol and drug abuse, mm. and and mental health problems. And the two so often go together. Yeah. And these parents are really bewildered and struggling, and often totally disconnected from the child, and that's why those children are in a very, very dangerous position. Poor state, and yeah. that's where a lot of hard decisions have to be made, but we can't put them off because they're hard. I mm, mean, mm. the thing I've learnt more than anything else is the children's experience from before they're born really does shape their life trajectory, their life yeah. course. Oh, sure. Um, the actual communications with the baby in the first days and weeks of life are critical. Yeah. That's when they learn that there's somebody there. Yes. Um, and one of the sadnesses is learning from some of these babies in drug-using families that they don't necessarily expect this. And this baby who's absolutely incapable of surviving on their own mm. is learning different survival techniques I to learned try and of a, You might be yeah. interested um, of a program, again, in an area I represented, of home nursing mm. and the way it happened is before, so mum goes mm. to hospital to have the baby mm. and just before she does, she meets a nurse mm. who is in white, mm. you know, looks mm. like a nurse, is a nurse. Yeah. She reaches out to the nurse because she knows she's going to need a lot mm. of help and she thinks mm. it's wonderful. The nurse then um, asks permission if she could visit mum mm. when she's yeah. at home. Mum says, that would be yeah. marvellous. The nurse turns up at the door. She's still dressed in mm. white, not blue as yeah. a policeman, yeah. and there's drug deals going on inside yeah. the house. But the bloke doesn't mind because she's, she says, she's just a nurse. Yes. And she comes in yes. e even to typify it with a pair of bathroom scales. Yes. You see, it's yes. so... Or, yes. uh, yes. it? And it's so um, disarming yes. uh, to the family that... Yeah. And this program works. Yeah, that was proven a long time ago with the Olds program in America. That's um, right, yes. And um, that nurses are far more acceptable. Mm. Um, they're not seen as law enforcement. They're not they're seen, not as, seen law as the welfare. To... That's it. They get caught too because they're also mandated reporters. Yeah, right. And yeah. it was interesting when I asked Old that he did leave some of the obviously abused children off his study, but that was beside the point. Right. But there is no doubt that having supportive, sympathetic, professional help available, which is non-judgmental but yeah. available, is an enormous help. Mm. And I think it's also the other important thing is it has to be available for a long time. That's I right. Mean, you've got this short dose and then see yeah, you later. One little work. bit of problems when you've got a new baby. The problems keep changing as the child mm. gets bigger and your responses have to keep changing. And, and your capacity yeah. to respond doesn't yeah. improve no. necessarily at all. And the other thing is, what most of what we learn about parenting is a reflection of how we were parented. Mm. And yeah. so the deficiencies in your own parenting yeah. are your bewilderments yeah. when you become a parent. Yeah. And having somebody to reflect on some of this and mm. deal with it. There's no one right answer, and that's fine. 
but provided the child continues to feel that you're important to them, that yeah. you care, that you're there, and that you're both doing a bit of learning along yeah. the way. Well, here's yeah. a big question. Um, I've seen a debate unfold about uh, children in clearly abusive situations, mm. but not life-threatening mm. situations, but pretty mm. bad. Serious, yeah. Um, there is a body of thought which says you take that child, mm. take it out of that situation and put it into mm. a foster home. You're taking the child away from the only constants they know mm. and despite all the abuse, they feel very attached mm. to the mother and the father. You'll do the child more harm. Now, this is a really yep. vexed a... problem because it's almost condoning yeah. allowing that, uh, mm. putting that child in a in a in yep. an abusive situation. It's to me the same as treating cancer, which is already spread. Mm -hmm. If we've got a good health service, we pick up, we stop the cancer developing. Yeah. Or we intervene early when the cancer sure. is treatable. Whatever we do with this child in this situation, there is going to be a disastrous, compromised outcome. Mm. Um, some families still you will manage better by keeping the child in that family but finding acceptable helps for, for the, the child family. and the family yeah. so that the child can feel safer, the child has somewhere to be listened to. Mm. And there are many different programs that can do this. It's, obviously, it's like tertiary cancer. They're more expensive, yeah. they're less successful, mm. but they are possible. You never give up. Yeah. But that family should have been picked up way back yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And some children do need to be removed. This is mm. not yeah, going not, to ever change. And no. I'm not imposing no. my and I think own most views. People, I think and I think most people agree debate. that for some children. But we have to make a decision. You can't leave a child in limbo. Yeah. Uh, it's very interesting. I, the children I continue to see most are children who have been in long-term foster care. Now, the dilemmas for these children are huge. Mm. I think every child has an idealised view of their parents. They know, and I know, their parents are disasters. Mm. But I would never, ever say to the child, your parent is yes. a disaster. I'll say things like, have you seen Dad recently? Mm. Nah. Is that OK? Yeah. Mm. See, mum recently, nah, is that okay? Yeah. You'll have children say, oh, I guess I'll need to go back when I'm 16 to look after mum. Mm. Um, it's the, and even more arresting, thinking of a family with really dangerous, abusive parents, still definitely loving these parents while they're not with yeah. them. Yeah. Um, and so, talking, so sad, about, talking about loving the parents, and they're shrugging the shoulders and saying, but if we lived with them, we'd be dead. Yeah. So the child has this enormous mm. grasp of the reality, mm. and mm. I think we often forget this. Yeah. And it's not that we can have a conversation as you would with an adult about it, because you have to keep this idealism in the middle. Yes. But you're almost saying it's okay to love them and not live with them. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. Um, and so, but I think again, there has to be the sensitive communication with the child and not imposing our ideals on them. Yeah. On them. Yeah. I mean, they're and still their feelings are completely yeah. legitimate. Yeah. And their feelings are their way of coping with an impossible situation. Mm -hmm. um, Do we still have in this country an attitude that I think we had half a century ago, which is what goes on behind closed doors is none of my business? And that is that yes. 
We're people s- know they can hear the yeah. screaming and the yeah. shouting and yeah. and even the hitting. Yeah. Uh, but just say I'm not. I can't get involved. That's that's within the very bird. much so. And the thing which probably is not talked about a lot is this is more prevalent in the higher socioeconomic mm. groups. Um, in many ways, if you're an acknowledged, pretty borderline family, you're so used to people marching into your lives and turning yeah. over stones and saying, "What are you up to now? And what yeah. are you going to do?" Yeah. Whether it's law, you, it, law and order, authority, yeah. you know, police or, or, or child welfare yeah. versus the Centrelink law. You've people. got a barrage of people yeah. coming through your lives all yeah. the time. If you have status, money. Mm. You're used to running your own life. You're used to not having people. I mean, even if abuse was notified, you possibly knock on the front door and say, "We'll talk to my solicitor." Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, not, yeah, and and certainly, I've seen children from homes like this. And at the initial discussion, there's no doubt that this child has been life-threateningly harmed mm. or th- threatened. By the time you see the family, we're all united, yeah. we love each other, and you That's stay the out of our front lives. For the outside yeah. world. At the same time, these families also have more money that they have options like yeah. boarding school and things yeah. which can keep children safer. But there is still a huge feeling that your home is your castle and what yeah. goes on yeah. and provided you do your it quietly. Yeah, and if you live in your bigger possession. houses with bigger yards, yeah. people don't hear it anyway. The kids are your possession. You yeah. can do with them what, like the yeah. cat, you know, kick yeah. the cat, yeah. kick the dog, you know. Go and euthanize, yeah, you, know, yeah. you, you know, don't want to look after the dog anymore. Yeah, get rid of it. Get yeah. to the pound. I'm not saying they yeah. do that to kids, but it, the attitude is but, they're your possessions. Yes. And, and it's not our business well, what you do with your possessions. Yeah. Very much so. And that is still very much so. And so I said, it is probably more associated with more money, more status, mm. more control. When you're used to controlling all aspects of your lives yeah. and you expect to control your children too. Now, I just want to get on before we uh, finish uh, with the end part of NAPCAM, the neglect. Yeah. It used to be, uh, you know, the National yeah. Association, well, child abuse yeah. and then and neglect yeah. has been added. And in fact, yeah. I set up a group called Parliamentarians against child abuse, yeah. and I now know it's changed to child abuse and neglect. Yeah. What's, what's the thinking behind that? Well, I think this is probably my biggest learning in my work. Um, we know that harming a child, it's distressing to watch, it's distressing to think about, and you can understand that it can damage or even kill the child. We're far less interested in neglect because it's not so arrestingly obvious. I mean... Obviously, photographs of desperately, physically neglected, filthy, yeah. dirty, emaciated, emaciated children kids, up yeah. us all, upset us all yeah. very much. But the child who is not seen, some of, without any doubt, the most severely developed, mentally compromised and emotionally compromised children I have seen have been neglected children. Mm. And now what these, does neglect constitute? And what neglect for these children, more than anything, is not being seen, not being interacted with. Yeah. Not being delighted in certainly. So not much um, sense of self worth. No sense of mm. self, let alone mm. worth. Worth, yeah. Um, children who would be left in a cot, in a bedroom with the blinds down during the day. In fact, Professor Bruce Perry, who's one of the pioneers in this field, gave the story of an American couple, very nice middle class people, had a baby, both wanted to keep working, and thought a good solution here. With the I've had a young niece, get her to come each day to mind the baby and we'll all be happy. Mm. Well, the niece, unbeknownst to them, the niece would arrive 
um, feed, change the baby, put it in the cot, turn off the lights, turn off the music, go off and play with the friends all day. Right. Come back home an hour before the parents would do home, lights, music, food, nappy mm. changes, all happening. I think they were probably not the brightest of parents, despite being clever. Yeah, had <laughs> um, spot they didn't, that. And they began to realise this baby wasn't developing, mm. wasn't smiling, wasn't beginning to crawl and walk. And by the time this was picked up, well at the end of the first year, this child had suffered irretrievable brain damage mm. from an undevelopment of the brain wow. because our brains develop by the, the stimulus. communication. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's not only the stimulus, and I think this is where a lot of childcare centres need the additional support and education. Yeah. Putting a child in a nice, bright environment with mobiles and music and people mm. is not enough. No. If the child's lying in the middle of it, it's having somebody playing with yeah. them, playing yeah. when they change yeah. the nappy, singing to them, talking to them, to them yeah. and responding, actually develops the brain. Mm. And if you don't get that, mm. the brain doesn't develop. doesn't develop. And it's as bad as having an infection or an illness. Wow. And many children in... It's probably the biggest dangers here are developmental delay in the parents, um, mental health problems, and drug and alcohol. Mm. They're probably the three biggest groups. And you've got a child cared for with people with these problems without additional people to provide what they can't provide. Yeah. Where there are, these children do appallingly badly. Yeah. So they're not obvious children. They've given up in despair. They're not used to being responded to. Mm. Um, and this goes back to the Bowlby work in hospitals in the 1940s when children would be put in hospital for a hernia or something, kept in for some weeks, and parents weren't allowed to visit because it made the kids cry. Wow. Um, and these children returned home different children and never recovered. Wow. Um, same way with the big nurseries. This interests me now with all the stuff on the new hospitals and single rooms and cross-infection. They had these babies in cots and they weren't looked after, particularly orphanages. Physically well cared for, yeah. feeding excellent, no attention. Yeah. These children did appallingly. Mm. Then they found they had this group of children, and they had another group of children, they really focused on cross-infection, because these children were dying. You right. can actually die mm. from emotional despair. Right. Uh, and, so sad. And it? some of them they put... Uh, they really focused on lack of cross, no cross infection with so the babies were even more isolated with sheets oh, yeah. hung between the yeah. cots to keep the germs out. Yeah. These babies died faster. Wow. Uh, it babies and the obvious examples are these terrible Romanian orphanages and yeah. places like that. They found that the baby on the left hand side of the door who tend to be the nurses would pick up one child to walk around the world. Mm -hmm. That child did better than the other yeah, children yeah. because even at this minimal A little contact, bit of stimulus. I spoke to a young psychology student who'd been there and found that the kids coming into the meal would go thump. And even that mm. was a connection and a communication yeah. and helped their development. Mm. And we really only beginning to realise now the profound effects of lack of communication. And this is all we have to the we end, need it to neglect. survive. Yeah. Yeah. And that is um, a bit of dirt didn't hurt anybody. Yeah. yeah. And particularly people like um, child protection workers and police coming in will talk at great length about the cat poo on the floor and mm. the, the rest of it. And I mean none of this is good. No. I'm not condoning it yeah, for a minute. Yeah. But you can have all of that and a child who's talked to and loved and yeah, played with, yeah, yeah. and they'll be okay. Well, indeed, even the cross-infection, yeah. I'm not, not a medical person, but 
um, when we were kids, if someone had measles, yeah. they brought the kid to the house yeah. to give you the measles yeah. to get yeah. it yeah. over and done with. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. A deliberate cross-infection. Yeah. That's right. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, so if there's one thing that you could change uh, in the world, in this area of child abuse and neglect, what would it be? I think it has to be a whole community attitude to children. We have to see them as valuable as they are, as well as a valuable potential for the future, and recognise that the better we nurture them now, the better all of our future will be. Mm. And I think even if we only take the purely selfish view that these people will be looking after me in my old age, and I'd certainly like to be looked after by an empathic, caring, <laughs> interactive carer who knows about thinking about feelings and responding to feelings and treating people respectfully. And this is really what I'm wanting with children. We don't want them to get away with blue murder. Mm. We want them to be part of the community. Traditional communities had fewer children and more grown-ups per child. Yeah. We've now got fewer grown-ups and overwhelming masses of children mm. in many situations. And it's helping each child to know that they're special as a person and they have both rights and responsibilities. They have a right to be loved and cared about and respected, and but also growing up knowing they're part of a community and yeah. they're a contributing part of that community. If we do all that, we don't have to spend so much money on child abuse. Dr Sue Packer, mm. it's been a great honour mm. and pleasure to have you on the program. It's been a great pleasure to talk about my passion. <laughs> Thank you. Driving us.